Hey, Happy New Year, folks. Welcome to another year of the Live Life Wrestling Show. That's right, we're still with you. Here it is, yeah, 2016. Here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kind of like syphilis, you know. We're, we're, like, still, we're <laughs> still doing this show. Why are we still doing this? <laughs> Can't get rid of us that easily, folks. It's like your bad credit, you know. <laughs> but if you listen to the episode of Rohit from, like, back in November, you wouldn't have to worry about it. You wouldn't even get offended I said about your bad credit because you wouldn't have bad credit. You don't be working on that right now. Some of those 2016 things that we were talking about to start working on, and that's going to be pretty much the highlight of our show today, some of the goals that we have for this coming year as far as our training is concerned. And we have a really great guest on who can really, like, really add a lot a lot of meaningful conversation to that too, man. So yeah. looking forward to this, man. You know, it's just, Definitely. I was looking at the lineup that you sent me, man, for the next couple of months of the guests that we're going to have on the show. And I'm amped up. I was like, all right, I see you, Mike. You've been doing your thing in our little two week vacation there. All right. <laughs> yeah, I lined up the first several months of 2016 and I'm in discussion with some people that have not been confirmed yet, but are going to be killer, killer guests. So I'm not going to say anything until they are confirmed because we all know how that goes. You say, oh yeah, so-and-so is going to be on the show. And then they never are on the show. And then people keep asking you when are they going to be on the show <laughs> that just irritates me to no end exactly it's like don't say anything until the show's been recorded then you can talk about it exactly that kind of, that kind of goes into what we're going to be talking about regarding goals today yeah but before we get to our guest just want to thank everyone who's been using that coupon code lla to get 10 percent off the best nutrition supplements out there and let me see i made a, a list of a few people We've got Mark Warren. We've got Amory Deresi in France, listener in France. We've got Dimna (laughs) Preston in the UK. We got Fabio Vieira in Brazil. And Fabio's been a long time supporter of the show. Really cool guy. And I see Alpesh Patel in the UK. Michael Carter, Paul Vanderspeck, Chris Duncan, Scott Medis, Bryce Hara. See Harvey Kuhn, Spencer Baker, and Jim Lintner. They're just a few of the people that have been using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off the best nutrition supplements. So go over to MikeMahler.com and use that coupon code. And what else has been going on? Anything over on Patreon? Uh, you know what? <laughs> First of all, I, I'd say this. All the Patreon supporters that started, we started this thing actually a year ago. You know, started by the time this show comes out. It's been up for a year. And each and every month, we've... Not we haven't lost Patreon supporters. We've actually continued to gain supporters each month. And on top of that, we've had supporters who increased their support each month financially. So I like that, too, man. That's pretty freaking dope right there. So obviously, you know, you know what we should do, man, is just this one company where they just send you stuff, right? Yeah. And they're like, you know, if you don't return it by this date, we're going to bill you for it. <laughs> and I was like, this is some shady shit right here. Man. Oh, that's that old school, almost like internet marketing type trick yeah. right there. Like, you know what? Sample it for a dollar. Just charge your credit card a dollar. You know, and then and they charge you 20 bucks for shipping. Every right? month. Yeah. And then they charge you 20 bucks from then on until you cancel. And right. they hope that you forget about it. You know, it's kind of the tricks that a lot of the gyms are using this month at the beginning of the right, year. Right. You know, that's the same little trick. They sign you up for a good package deal. At the end of the day, they're going to make money due to volume so they can sell a membership for 20 bucks a month you know because the thing is they're gonna hope you forget about it or you're just like ah eh, it's 20 bucks i'll start again next year <laughs> i start again when i get a trainer so that's what they're hoping for man and again it's the internet marketing 101 that they've learned that madness from <laughs> so anyhow man so yeah head over to newwarriortraining.com and use that same coupon code lla and also for people who want to join in with the rest of our patreon supporters go over to patreon.com slash lla podcast and become a supporter of this show in 2016 and then on 
All right. So, yeah, yeah man. I, th- I think we are going to actually look at a few sponsors. And, w- and here's what I was going to discuss with you is, mm-hmm. you know, doing an episode where we just go over stuff we like, different products and companies that we support, not because we're trying to get them on the show as advertisers. Or they're trying to get us on. And just, yeah, you know, exactly. just be like, hey, man, I'm seeing some free stuff. stuff. And if you give me a you know quick plug, no, if I like it, I like it. And I may <laughs> talk about stuff, it and I may not. Actually, yeah, stuff that we actually <laughs> buy. And I think there's quite a few companies that would fall into some good quality sponsors. You know, one I like just giving a free plug to them is there's a company called Super Seeds, and that's with a Z at the end. Mm-hmm. And they make different flavors of pumpkin seeds. And pumpkin seeds are one of my favorite oh, snacks. Yeah. Now, pumpkin seeds have 8 grams of protein per serving, only 4 grams of carbs, and 12 grams of good fats. Yeah. You know, forget about putting butter in your fucking coffee in the morning. Get a handful <laughs> of pumpkin seeds. Give yourself some real vitamins, minerals, proteins, all the macros. Keep that in your glove compartment for whatever you need a snack. You know, Road Trip, a lot man. of you working on physique composition goals. Yeah. These are the kind of snacks you want to have around. But they have a tomato Italiano flavor, which is off the chain, man. It is delicious. So this is a great company putting out a great product. And then another one is a Kimura Coffee, which Jake Shields is associated with. And okay. they make a really nice roast, which is infused with some nootropics. Nice. So that's a pretty cool company, too. So anyway, I'm just pondering this a little bit. It's something you and I can discuss after the show today where just, just different companies that we organically like. Right. And why wouldn't they want to come on and sponsor us? Because we're actual customers. We're not people that have never heard of the company. We're like, oh, you want to pay us to plug you? Sure, come on on. <laughs> exactly. And saying their name all incorrectly on the show and everything <laughs> yeah. else. All right, Mailer, let's get the show started. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a great strength coach today. His name is Lee Boyce, and his website is LeeBoyceTraining.com. And he's contributed to a lot of popular magazines such as Men's Health, Men's Fitness, T Nation, Muscle and Fitness, Esquire, Men's Journal, and Bodybuilding.com. But don't hold any of that stuff against him. He actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk to him about all kinds of training stuff. And he has he has great. And he also has he's also one of the guys who backs up what he professes. In other words, he's a strong guy. So we're going to talk to him about his training goals and how he helps people out. Lee, how you doing today, man? Yes, yes, not too bad. How you doing? Where, where are you based, Lee? I'm based in Toronto, so I'm up here in the true north, and uh, it's just been conveniently down to about negative 13 degrees Celsius, so <laughs> yeah. I'm here in my tube. <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah, keep Toronto's that, man. Crazy. You can have that. <laughs> I can see my breath right now as I'm speaking these words. <laughs> Since Sarah and I have actually taught out there before with our yeah. friend Chris Reed, so it's a oh, yeah. beautiful city. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good training team. been born and raised here, man. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. I thought it would be interesting for all three of us to talk about our training goals for 2016 because we get specific, and then it will encourage other people to get very specific and precise. And then what I want the listeners to do is light up our Twitter on what their training goals are. Hit us mm-hmm. up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Put it out there. Because this is what I want to do at the end of the year. I want to get Lee back on the show for our last episode of 2016 and do a debrief. Did we actually achieve any of these goals? What what happened this year? You know, what pitfalls did we have to deal with? Were there roadblocks, impediments? So I think that would be interesting. For sure, I'm I'm down with that. So uh, let's let's get into it. Well, man. So what are what are your? Tra- let's start off with you. What are your training goals for this year? Well, um, let's see. Well, if I was to backtrack for a second and just look at my last, let's say, two years, I'd say from mm-hmm. 2014 until current day, 
Um, I was plagued with a lot of people who would follow me would uh, probably know because I've posted about this and spoken about it before. I was plagued with a lot of back injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing a lot of Olympic lifting in 2013 and 14, and it wasn't that my form was particularly bad or whatnot, but it was probably an issue with uh, continuous muscle imbalances that were just being exacerbated by repeatedly doing the same kinds of workouts, right? Yeah. And, you know, only lifting requires a lot of, you know, heavy weight, of course, and a lot of front squatting, back squatting for the training and whatnot. And, um, you know, my training partner who uh, I was training with at the time, he was on a program. He was a competitive lifter himself. He was on a program where he would be doing squats every single day, the Bulgarian type of training, yeah, right? right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's under three to 400 pounds six days a week and it's pretty crazy right so um it it took a lot of adaptation and of course something had to give and so out went my si region and it was a it was a uphill climb to get Mm. back to just proper health and where i wouldn't repeat my my injury and whatnot so uh, a lot of training uh, methods had to change i had to go to a lot of hip thrusting and glute activity exercises and things that would uh, encourage split stance training and less spinal loading and whatnot and you know just a whole bunch of tactics that i use to try and get back to health coupled with a lot of um of course chiropractic and different uh practitioners doing their job with me and the the great job they did so the last like nine months or so nine ten months i've been in much better health Uh, my back's been keeping at bay um there was a time back then when my deadlift which was over 500 pounds at the time had to go down all the way to around 285 295 Mm. with a with a modified stance as well in order for me to even perform the lift yeah so um at this point in time now i was i've able to uh, work my way back up to full strength of the conventional stance um i actually surpassed my old pr which is 535 Uh, i just did that uh the past week and My new official goal, if I want to get really specific in terms of that, those lift numbers, I'd like the deadlift to get to 600. Nice even number. Yeah, you and I are on the same page. Yeah. Man. That's mine. My my goal is six. My goal is sixth place because I hit 555 at the end of last year. My goal was 550 last year, so nice. I give myself a little extra credit by adding on an extra five pounds. You know? you know, I hit, I hit, I tried the 550 just like the last week before uh, the the year ended, and yeah. I got to the knee level and just went down. Man, couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah I got to the knee and had to make that decision you finish yeah. it, put it down yeah. and, I, and i was screaming too much to put it down it was like, it's like you know you know that decision you know that point where you're about to scream like okay i'm gonna scream but if yeah. i do i better finish it finish everybody it. in yeah. this place is gonna be looking at me like i'm an idiot and the only way i <laughs> the only way i'm not gonna be an idiot is if i finish that then i can look around and be like yeah what yeah, <laughs> man. rather than oh oh my back put it down <laughs> yeah i mean last i left off i got it right about mid shin and i just knew like you know what Put, can you just let this go right quick? Can, do you mind letting it go? Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Tomorrow, we'll we'll be back. Start shaking like a hurricane. You know Tomorrow, it's not going to go. Tomorrow, your your ass can only clinch so much. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm less hardcore than you guys because I think that I bailed out too early now. <laughs> Well, you know, there's no point getting injured, right? Because yeah. just as you were talking about, the first thing you want to do when trying to go after a goal is not get injured. Mm-hmm. So when it. you're so when you're doing those reps, you don't want to get greedy. Right. So when I yeah. hit 555, it was pretty smooth. I mean, I, I it was a slight sticking point. Did the screen, finished it off, and for a split second, I thought, huh. I bet I could do 560, 565. But then I said, forget it, forget it. This is more than you've ever lifted before. Like Louis Simmons says, look, once you hit a PR, you can only go down from there. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just leave it alone. You know? That's something that I learned kind of uh, a mixture of learning the hard way, but as well, just like just over training experience. Like it's so important to your psychology and it's so important to your mm-hmm. just your training to finish workouts on a high note. You yeah. know, yeah. finish workouts where you feel the strongest, where you feel your best. You didn't have an ugly set or a right. terrible last rep where you didn't get hurt. Just yeah. let it go from there and stick with it the next workout. Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. It's confidence. It's all about building confidence. Exactly. Like, although, I mean, if you. If you keep trying to do stuff and failing, it becomes demoralizing after a while. And that goes with goals, too, where, like, I'm going to achieve all these things, and then you don't do any of them. And then the next year, okay, I'm going to do all this, and then again, you don't do any of them. (laughs) Right. After a while, your brain is just going, you're (laughs) you're a chump, man. Stop telling us what you're going to do. You're not going to do anything. (laughs) Exactly. Strongly agree, man. So, you know, even when it comes to just goal setting and stuff like that, setting smaller goals and smaller targets, you know, end of the year, I'd like to add five pounds of lean muscle, not not 20 Exactly. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, you could crush that goal and feel good about yourself at the same time and keep moving forward. Right. Right. That's another important thing, too, especially for beginners to take heed of. Where they have these goals of I want to put thirty pounds on in three months. <laughs> what, what if it took three years? Would that why would that be demoralizing? Three years is nothing. You know, right. sometimes when you break down stuff for people, like go, oh, look, it's going to take a couple of years to achieve this. They're, they're so demoralized by that. I go, look, a couple of years is nothing. Why would you? Right. Why would you think it's even a meaningful goal if it takes less than that time yeah. frame? How many years have you uh, spent, was... like you know, just trapped and feeling like, oh man, I need to change something? How many years did you like really focus on that, where things just weren't going right? And he's like, you know, I got to make a change. I got to make a change. So you finally just got fed up with it. You spent a lot of years being miserable. Okay, it wasn't like you were just super duper yeah, right. happy that entire time. So I'm like, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you wouldn't be sitting there worrying about this goal that you got to achieve you know, that, that you have to desperately achieve right away. Obviously, right, you've been true. in this desperation mode. For for quite a while now <laughs> yeah uh, i always tell my clients like the one thing that i always tell them is like if goals were achieved at the rate and in the same kind of uh thinking that the general public has about attaining goals you know yeah. it took you 25 years to get out of shape to this to point you are where you've been sitting at your desk at your office or whatnot and you've got all sorts of body weight to lose and whatnot and you want to turn that all around and look the way you did when you were 19 in the next six months if that all was possible like the entire world would be so jacked everybody (laughs) jacked (laughs) well people buy into these 30-day programs 90-day transformations those are the kind of things you need to get out how about enjoying the process and putting in making this a a lifestyle that you're going to continue doesn't doesn't sound as sexy mike (laughs) i'm talking about lifestyle that seems like so long come on man (laughs) it's kind of like when people ask me they go look you know if i take your testosterone booster what happens when i stop i go well what happens when you stop is eventually you go back to where you were before you started taking it and i I go why should that be a surprise for you what if you brushed your teeth for eight weeks and then you never did it again you're just going to maintain the benefits because of that eight weeks and and same thing with training i go what if you worked out for eight weeks and then you decide okay i'm done with this i'm I'm good good. (laughs) like great you're you're gonna lose that good pretty fast (laughs) and why would you want to stop right i love it's not it's not that i just like achieving goals i actually like the process i enjoy working out yeah a lot of people i think that the the training industry or the the bad parts of the training industry are the things that contribute to this this mistaken thinking that that exercise and fitness and health is the only area where there can be a caveat where you can think that way about stuff. <laughs> right. Because yeah. the brushing the teeth example is so starkly humorous and it's so, it's so good because <laughs> it just shows how ridiculous that <laughs> yeah. is, right? And uh, no one would apply it to that or something else, you know? Right. Like, you know, bad health, you see a doctor, you get you take one Advil and that should take care of it for the rest of your life when you've got a condition. Of course not. 
right? And yeah. so, uh, you know, just applying that to uh, training, people have to make that that connection. And it's about, you know, just the, the combination of good voices in the industry to hopefully do that. Right. Yeah. Also, I mean, what if you did a job for eight weeks and then you never worked again? You're going to set yourself up for the rest of your life? I mean, there's so many examples we can use here, which just so how, show how ridiculous that mindset is. But yeah. like you said, when it comes to fitness, people really have a disconnect. Somehow that logical thinking is just pushed to the wayside. Yep, completely. What about, what about some of your other goals? And by the way, your deadlift technique is really good, man. I saw you deadlift 505 for three clean reps. Yeah. And you, oh, yeah. you, you do a really good dip and drive. You drop the hips and you come up in, the, in, the, in a kind of a one, a, kind of a compression, decompression type state. Compression and then elongation type is a, I'm trying to describe this because I do a very similar motion here where I just I get close to the bar. And then I basically am compressed down, and then I elongate a little bit before the bar comes off, so that you're right. using that hip hinge. And right. it makes it. I mean, when you get the timing right, it makes a huge difference. You really feel like the bar just pops off the floor. Yeah, it's. Uh, it took again. It took some time to like just refine the technique. After the injury, I've been so much more cognizant of the little things mm-hmm. that are concerning those kind of lifts, and especially when you add weight to them. And so, like getting what you said there, that rhythm, the timing is yeah. like. To me, it's like sixty percent of the battle for for the deadlift, and I'm no a taller doubt. guy. I'm six four, right? And so wow. uh, mm. just it's a long way up and down. So I got <laughs> to pay attention. <laughs> what about some of your other training goals for the year? Uh, training goals, uh, you know what? What I was talking about about gaining five to ten pounds of solid muscle. Uh, that's yeah. actually one of my true goals. <laughs> that's one okay. of the things that I want to do this year as well. Uh, at the same time, I wouldn't mind reducing the body fat, which means that I have to take a much better approach to my diet. And uh, take less liberties, as it were, from from uh, eating whatever I want to eat, and start being a little bit more disciplined with it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Any other strength training goals? You're working on your squat, maybe, or bench press, anything else? You know what? The squat. I'm trying to look. My my goal for the end of the year was 445, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so far I've gotten to four. What was it again? I hit 420. And I did a triple with 405, which nice. that completely matches what my lifetime old PRs were pre-back injury, pre-anything. So great. very, very pleased with that kind of result, and I can definitely move forward in that direction. And still, that 445, 450 is definitely in the in the cards for this year as well. So yeah, 455, is- yeah, 455 is my goal for this nice. year. And I'm, 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 I'm in the ballpark. Actually, I'm, I think I'm almost <clears throat> at the exact same strength that you're at. But you're six four, I'm six feet, and that makes a big difference <laughs> in terms of difficulty for you. You know, that extra four inches. This is like a little lower, a little lower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. And uh, lastly, I'd say the overhead press. I like the exercise. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, like probably the hardest move to do in terms of standard barbell lifts, in my opinion. And uh, I just want to be hitting two plates for a triple. Nice. I got yeah. to 215, 220 for a double. So that's 225 great. for three. That would be a good number. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are great training. Some goals. goals right there. Yeah. You're working on anything conditioning? You're doing any, any conditioning goals? Uh, you know what? I haven't really thought about it too much. I've been more yeah. on the strength side lately just because yeah. of the injuries and whatnot. Right, I just right. want to get things back, right? And um, in, in terms of conditioning, though, like I do want to make it my goal to simply put just do more of it this year that I yeah. got out that I got out to do last year. Last year, I got the chance to uh, do some sprinting, uh, just like I used to do that in school and uh, university. I was a sprinter and a long jumper. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, getting back out on the track and on the field and on the hills and whatnot, it's... Uh, it's definitely a little bit of a bittersweet feeling at this day and age, but uh, it, it was it was great to get back out there, and I just want to take more advantage of the warm weather when it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love sprinting, man. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I talk about my goals, I'll get into that. But hey, sincere, mm. what about you, man? 
It's, it's funny now. Some of the things that Lee is trying to go after is the same thing I'm looking for too. Is um, yeah. like um, I kind of went with this little. I always kind of like to give a theme to whatever I'm doing, man. So I kind of want to go with this two four six approach for the coming year. Like you know, hitting two plates on each side with the press. You know, for five. You know, that's like one of my goals because with overhead pressing, after doing so much kettlebell sport for the last few years, and once I finally kind of backed away from that and started focusing more on barbell pressing and things like that, I really realized, like, God, I've fallen off because, you know, just sitting there just throwing a kettlebell over and over and over, you know, a lot of times that does not translate over to a barbell. You know, a lot of times it's actually detrimental to barbell pressing. And, and so there's so many things I had to relearn as far as going back to barbell pressing. But then once I got back into the groove, man, I was like, God, I missed this. And, and, tr- and another thing, it also kind of keeps me away from one of the things I just really don't really care that much about. I know people going to be listening like, why, man? The bench press. I could really care less about the bench press, man. I'm just not a big fan of it. And, you know, it's actually one of the reasons why I even got into kettlebells, just from so many years of just abusing myself with bench pressing and heavy bench, especially during when I was playing sports and all that. But I just kind of never look back. Like, I just don't want to go back there. And to me, pressing pretty much it, it, it kind of really supplements a lot of things that bench press could do. Yeah, it's not going to necessarily directly, you know, puff up my chest. But honestly, I don't want my chest getting all big <laughs> at this point now. Until my 43, I could care less about having a big chest and walking through the room with my chest coming in first, you know, <laughs> through the door. I could care less. I don't have anything to prove anymore, man, to so anyone. Those male, those male bras are expensive. <laughs> That's another thing because once you start building up a big chest, you got to maintain that for the rest of your life because eventually they become big breasts. And so you go, you go, I, and, you go and sprinting and those things are genuine. <laughs> you, you look like the grandmother from the, the clumps at the end of the movie when she's all out in the field. <laughs> And the man boob slap. I always in the face. say it's way it's, it's way more appealing to have big shoulders, yes. and not a, not an overly pronounced chest. Because exactly. If, if you can't work out for a while, your shoulders are just going to get smaller. Your pecs are going to start drooping, man. They're exactly. not going to just get smaller. <laughs> exactly. Like once you build big pecs, it's like okay, it's like now you have to keep these. Otherwise, exactly. you're going to have some hooters there. Buddy. <laughs> They're like very expensive implants. Like you just once you pay that much for implants, you're not really thinking about having those things removed, no matter what anyone says. <laughs> so yeah, man. So yeah, that's my goal for as, as far as overhead press man two plates on each side right there and i want to do it for five reps man and then going into the squat which is something i just really got back into after probably more than a decade of just like not directly doing barbell squats is really shooting for four plates shooting for four plates on that and just really taking my time with it because i'm really learning a lot again you know it's like i'm seeing things for the first time again you know when it comes to technique with squat and really discovering things that okay maybe Okay, this could have been a lot better 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. But you know what? It's right now. So I'm not going to harp on, you know, how that technique could have been better back then. It's like, okay, well, now here we are. So really work on that. And really, again, I'm not in a hurry. So I'm taking my time with that and had a good squat session yesterday. And pretty much um, using um, the program that you sent over to me with Matt Kroc, another very interesting individual. (laughs) You know, I've come to find (laughs) out. (laughs) So, you know, using that program, not just for the deadlift, but now, you know, translating it over to pressing and to doing squats. And I'm really starting to love it. And, you know, that was from your suggestion, Mike, and I appreciate that. And it's really helping. It's it's a good way to start off my 2016 using that program. And then as far as deadlifts, man, just I want to do, you know, want to get those six plates, man, for five reps. And, you know, I pretty much was on my way in that direction. Again, I'm not in a hurry. I got 12 months. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about it, man, because I just really want to really focus on the technique. And just like Lee, man, yeah, just kind of cut down on the, the body fat because, you know, now that I've really switched the way that I've been eating for the past few months and I've gone completely plant-based, you know, it's just 
wasn't even caring about the weight or anything like that. It was more about the ethical reasons of it. But in the process, as a side note, you really start seeing the body fat just drop like, like tremendously. And as far as, far as the body weight, but not for the sake of my strength. My strength has actually gone up. So I like that translation. So just kind of want to keep that going and just see where the body goes as far as what my body decides. Like, all right, this is a nice, healthy body weight for us in order to keep maintaining your strength. And this is pretty much where the body fat's going to go as well. So not so much trying to give myself a number, but just really watching and seeing what what happens and just really because as far as the food is concerned you know i've never been one like especially when i was vegetarian before to start eating vegan and vegetarian junk food so that was never me so this time around definitely i'm not worried about that as much like i see so many other folks do when they first get into it so i'm just like okay now i get to eat a lot more plants more than possible than than i did before so i'm getting a lot more nutrients my recovery is a lot better so hey there's a lot of win-win situations going on here, man. So, you know, I got to really kind of, you know, for years being, you know, associated with you and just really learning about having a plant-based diet, you know, things have been seeping in subconsciously, subconsciously. But I think what really drove it home was one of my, one of my favorite episodes from last year. I know yeah. we're going to do a show on favorite episodes is when Steve Cotter came on and pretty much Steve gave his testimony, you know, why he switched to a plant-based diet. It was kind of one of those things like, okay. Wow. So Steve's done this. Uh, let me just really let's I know how Steve used to eat. OK, <laughs> you and I both know how Steve could eat and how this man defies anything scientific when it comes to the human body and food. I mean, this is the guy that can drink beer and eat ice cream right after that and still maintain about, I don't know, five percent body fat and still hop up on a table for about 10 minutes straight on one leg. <laughs> you know, so it's just like to see him switch. I, I remember when Steve <laughs> would have a steak in the fridge in the hotel room at the RKC's in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it was a big change. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, you, you've got my attention. Okay, so let's let's talk more about this. So, yeah, man, it's just kind of one of those things. It's kind of like that that last nail, and I can't even say the nail in the coffin. It's more like the crowbar that opened it opened it up and let me out. I'm like, ah. So yeah. So the jaws of life. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, man. That's so that's cool, my man. goal, that's man. Really good goals. I'm, I'm listening to six plays for five reps. I'm like, forget that, man. I'm a one hitter quitter. <laughs> that's a big, not a, big yeah. PR. I'm, not even, I'm not even thinking about six plays. I, I was like, my, I'm five plays for five reps. I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> when it comes to deadlifts, I don't even like doing more than three reps yeah. because it, it's so easy to get out of the pocket. But uh, my goals with deadlifts are, let's see, I'm going to 585 within the first six months because I hit 555. So 30 pounds more, I'm pretty confident I can yeah. get that by June. And then five, six plates is so close to 600 pounds. I'm with Lee, though. Let, let's add 15 more pounds to that bar. That's mm-hmm. it. Or, exactly. you, know, you know what I mean? If, I, if you can do 585, let's hit that 600 pounds. Yeah, exactly. And then for the squat, I'm looking at 455 this year. Mm-hmm. And then my long-term goal is five plates, so 495. Nice. I'm taking my time. Like Sincere said, I'm really taking my time on squats. My technique feels really good right now. I'm in the pocket. Every time I do squats, it just feels good. I take the mm-hmm. bar out of the rack. It feels great on my back. You don't have that feeling of, man, this feels really heavy. <laughs> right, yeah. How am I going to get this from point A to point B? So I'm just taking my time there, working at, and it's working really nicely for me. I would say my squat max is about 415 to 425. Mm-hmm. Right, I did. I did three eighty five five times. Can do about four or five three. Yeah, I would say about maybe four twenty five, four thirty, something like that. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter though, unless you know what the number is. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could put. You could do four oh five three times and put four twenty five on and just miss it. You know, it just depends on your fiber type and your if your mind is ready for it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then with pressing, I would love to do barbell overhead press, but I've got this really bad osteoarthritis in my left arm. So a lot of mm-hmm. pressing moves are just really uncomfortable for me, whether it's a bench press or dumbbell press. 
Fortunately, double kettlebell presses feel really good, and that's one of my favorite moves anyway. So mm-hmm. I've been focusing on that, and I have a repetition goal there. I want to work up to 15 repetitions with double 88s. Nice. I'm at about nine right now, you know, which is about what I used to be able to do years ago. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm back where I was, let's say, in 2012, and technique feels really good. So now I'm just going to take my time. And I'm doing a program where I'm pressing five days a week similar to Pavel's Greasing the Groove program, mm-hmm. where you basically you would – let's say your repetition max is eight. You just do sets of four throughout the, throughout the day, throughout the week. And then if the fourth repetition feels easy, you go up to five. So I'm doing a, a, a rep scheme where it's four reps week one, five reps week two, six reps week three, and mm-hmm. then go back down to five, and then go up to seven, and then go back down to six, work up to eight. So it's a very gradual progression, but it allows you to really get the technique down perfect. Some moves I don't like doing more than once a week, such as squats and deadlifts. Yeah. But pressing I've always found I need to do more frequently. Otherwise, if I just did pressing once a week, it feels like I'm doing it for the first time each time. So that's, those are the three major strength training goals I have. And then I'm just really working on my conditioning with sprinting. I'm working on foot strength, too. I, I watched this really interesting interview with Nick Curzon, who trains Rafael Josanos and Fabricio Verdum. And he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he comes from the Marinovich training camp. So they're really focused on using the speed that you would use in a sport when it comes to their strength and conditioning. And they're also really focused on foot strength. Mm -hmm. And they made some really strong, compelling arguments for that. So I've been incorporating some of their principles into my regimen where I'm doing sprinting now with Vibrams. So it's very close to barefoot. Mm -hmm. And I run on a field doing 1000 yard sprints those feel great with the vibrams you really feel like you're loading up on the balls of your feet rather than your heels coming down first which is a common mistake a lot of people make and then they wonder why their knees are killing them you know it's all about how you're loading how you're sprinting and those feel great so i want to work up to adding one extra sprint each month so i'll be up to over 20 all-out sprints by the end of the year and really get my conditioning through the roof and i'm using the o2 trainer boss rutin's o2 trainer when i go sprinting as well to really work on lung capacity lung strength as well and then besides that just doing a lot of mobility work i've actually started doing a lot of our friend jason dolby's indian club stuff i do that every morning to really loosen up the shoulders shoulder mobility that stuff feels fantastic by the way, especially when you're doing a lot of powerlifting type stuff, your body can get tight. So just doing, making sure I'm on point with my mobility, which I have a tendency to slack off on in yeah. the past, has really paid a paid dividends mm-hmm. here. And then finally, just prioritizing recovery, which is something I've always been good at. I get massages once a week. I do hot tub, steam room, that kind of stuff once a week, and I make sure my sleep is dialed in. The most important thing you can do. Yeah. So that's kind of it for the strength and conditioning stuff. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be cool for us to talk about this at the end of the year oh, and see what sure. happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So let, let me ask you, man. Um, like you know, Mike was talking about you know dialing in his mobility and get back to that as well, which is something that you know I didn't necessarily use it as a goal. It's just something I just got back got back to focusing on out of necessity yep. out of anything because I'm like, okay, I like I feel good now. Like I feel really good even between sessions, the training sessions. Like I'm so I recover so quickly. I'm like I don't want to lose this. This is so exciting to recover this quickly and feel this good, and my joints not feeling all funky or whatever else. So it just became it's like okay, now I got to just make this my routine again. So you know, like what's your view as far as uh, mobility and like what's your favorite go to mobility techniques, if if any? Uh, you know what? I, I definitely like I've 
for my clients and whatnot, I always emphasize that they have to train their mobility. And usually it's like glaringly evident that they need to train their mobility <laughs> because of how they're moving to begin with. Like they're, they're stuck, right? right. But um, in general, I definitely uh, I use mobility training. I endorse mobility training. I think that it's an important thing. I think that lots of times uh, if it's used or blown out of proportion, that people will they'll put too much attention to it mm-hmm. and they'll sometimes forget to actually lift or <laughs> yeah, do a right. full do a full uh, fledged workout because of the fact that they're thinking about all the corrective exercises and all the mobility and imbalances and whatever else yeah. that they have to address. Right? So, true. so uh, it definitely deserves its place. I don't think it should ever be deleted from somebody's program um, mm-hmm. unless somebody's like extremely mobile naturally, which doesn't really happen every day. Yeah. Right. So, um, Personally, like I definitely do my little drills. I take a couple of quick minutes. Uh, I like the foam roller. I'm not going to lie. I like the foam roller just to uh, get some uh, self myofascial release in there. And then I usually do my mobility drills to follow up. And my my target areas are always, of course, the ball and socket joints, so the shoulders and hips. Mm-hmm. And um, I like you know the cradle walk, the Spider Man walk, just different uh, exercise um, pulled straight out of the uh, Assess and Correct Handbook by Eric Cressy, which is one of my go tos. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I definitely use uh, a select. I'd say five to six mobility drills to get things going the shoulder dislocate exercise that uh, is kind of popularized by guys like kelly starrett and people like that uh for the uh for the uh overhead movements as well yeah and uh yeah just do something real quick get get that going and get uh get things fired up and make my make my body feel ready to go yeah. yeah, I think I think my, I think what, I'll send you that link with that Nick Curson interview if you haven't seen it yet, Lee. It's really interesting sure. because one thing he's worked on is he found that someone like Rafael Tosanos was just so tight from all the heavy weight training he had done before coming in there that his movement wasn't as good, his flexibility wasn't as good. So they really worked on loosening up his shoulders, improving his shoulder mobility, improving his foot strength so that he had way better footwork. And his goal when he fought Anthony Pettis was he wanted Rafael to be first all the time first one to do anything and if you watch that fight it was that's exactly how what happened he was the first to make everything happen he was the first to to make a move on anthony took him down kept him down i mean Mm. everybody thought anthony pettis was going to win that fight because anthony's such a great fighter people thought for sure anthony's just going to blow through this guy like everyone else and Raphael just it was a very one-sided fight man (laughs) Raphael yeah, you can see. Impose his will. Yeah, you can see just Pettis' face every time. He like took him down. He had his look like, okay, what just happened? Yeah. Every look on his face like, did this just happen right now? Like, dude, you can't do this well, to me. This is what I do to people. First Thirty seconds of the first. <laughs> exactly. Round, you couldn't even see out of one eye for the rest of the fight. That's yeah. another example of being the first to do something. <laughs> right. And then watch, look, look how he just dismantled the Cowboy at right. the end of last year. He was the first one to make a move, and he finished him in the first minute of the first round. Right. Wow. So there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Marinovich has some really interesting information, and there's there's a really good documentary on Netflix about it's called the Marinovich Project, which is basically how he trained his son to be this okay. football prodigy. Okay. And it's kind of a bittersweet story because his son was an incredible football player, but he realized this is not what he wanted to do with his life. (laughs) He was groomed kind of like Ronda Rousey with judo. He was just groomed at an early age to be this incredible football player because his father was the first strength coach in the NFL. So here he is with this genetically gifted son because he was an athlete, his wife was. And he's like, okay, I've got all this training knowledge. I'm going to put it to use with my son and create the best football player ever. And then this, his son, Todd Marinovich, basically made a very compelling statement where he said, you know, just because I'm really good at something, does that mean I should do it? And he realized this is not what makes him happy. So anyway, that's – but what I like about this documentary is they really get into some of the training stuff too. But it's a really interesting story on 
parents who push their kids too much. Right. And there's another documentary that he's in called Trophy Kids on HBO. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, man, if you watch this documentary, I think it came out a few years ago, but I just saw it recently. You will want to go beat these parrots' asses, man. Because they are so annoying. This one guy in particular, this son playing football, he is just on his case 24-7. And he thinks he's doing him some good. He's like, oh, I'm just teaching him to be a man. You know, he's toughing him up. Gosh, it's like, man. okay, well, now you have a guy who's a young man who doesn't want to talk to you ever again. Right. So good job there, buddy. You know, yes. I've seen a lot of examples of that, um, yeah. not only with uh, just in the city that I live in, but also just like, like one-on-one dealing with certain clients and whatnot. And uh, I've I've had experiences where I've heard the clients talking about the their kids' game, their their kids' soccer game, or their kids' <laughs> football game, or their basketball game, and whatnot. And you can just see in their eyes, you can see how into it they are. And yeah. I'm like, if I met your kid, I have a feeling that he's not as into it as you are. Right. So I, that's number one. And number two, it's just it's made so much worse when you find out that that kid is like ten. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like they're like on the brink of the OHL draft. Right. Yeah. Seventeen. No, they're like they're like eight. <laughs> yeah, that look that look that you're looking at when you see that in their eyes, Lee. That is what I call that is like that X Men theory right there. That is the days of futures past. You know, so that's what I call that look because they don't see their kid anymore. They see all their missed opportunities through their kid. Yeah. You know, and that's what that is, man. That's it. <laughs> it's so true, man. It's it's, it's so true. And then. I mean, you just feel you. I mean, they're just embarrassing themselves the way they're screaming at their kid. I remember one time. I mean, I didn't. I've never had anyone that bad with their kid at my workshop, but I've had people come with their kids to my workshops. And a lot of times, when I tell people to do the drills, they just turn to their kid and they start coaching them. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's my job. You, you do. You go do what I told you to do. If you, I'm going to go work with your kid. Right. Yeah. And they're going, no, you're not doing it right. He said, do this. I was like, don't do that. I was like, I'm not being that hard on him. Why are you being that hard? Last time I checked, I wasn't paying you to be my assistant. Can you just shut up? <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Then some, so I mean, and then sometimes uh, had, I knew this one guy who had his kid with him at the gym one time. Actually, this was back in Northern Virginia. He's like, hey, can you show my kid how to do a deadlift? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'm giving him instructions, and the father's sitting there interjecting every two seconds. And I just looked at him. I go, look, man, you asked me to show him how to do it, so just shut up. Yeah. He doesn't need both of us micromanaging everything he's doing. <laughs> yeah. It's my, it's, it's I hate the room. Like I, said, I hate to ruin that, that relationship between the parents. I'd be like, well, since you can do it so well, let's see you do a deadlift. So, so, and then right that little hero syndrome that your cat, your kid had with you goes right out there like, man, my dad sucks. He can't even do a deadlift. You know? But he's talking all that noise, man. Well, one thing these parents never ask their kids is, what exactly do you want? What do you want? And, you know, yeah, that's you the thing. Man. No. <laughs> I ask my children that all the time. It's like, do you even care about this? Not really. I'm like, don't do it. I said, because you're going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable. If you're miserable, I'm going to be miserable because you're going to keep coming to me complaining, you know, and whining and, and having all this aggression or whatever else. And then I'm going to get ticked off. So let's just go ahead and nip this in the bud. If this is not what you want to do, don't do it. Now, the thing is, school, yeah, you got to do that for now, just for now. <laughs> after high school, you make a decision after that. You're an adult. I'm out of it at that point all the way. So, yeah, man. But just coming back to this speed of strength stuff, Nick Curzon and the Marinovich, it's really interesting stuff because it's a lot different than anything I've seen. The focus is a lot different. A lot of foot strength exercises, foot mobility stuff. They do this one exercise that's really cool called throw-offs, which looks like a ballistic bench press. So you're lying on a Swiss ball and you're just pushing this padded machine device away as fast as possible. So they're really working on the speed you would use in an actual sport. And applying techniques. So it's not something where I would 
quit what I'm doing and only do that. But it, I'm a guy who likes to incorporate things into what I like to do. So when I look at stuff like that, I go, man, I bet I can see how that would help me with stuff I like to do. And one thing I see with a lot of people that are really into heavy weight trainings, powerlifters in particular, is they, they have this really stiff look to them, right? Like there's this one guy deadlifting 800 pounds, which is really impressive. I'm not taking anything away, but he was just him walking in towards the bar. He was just so <laughs> stiff. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't want to have that level of stiffness right. where I'm only strong in certain planes of motion and then I'm just walking around really stiff all the time. So I like the idea of being strong and then incorporating a lot of this mobility stuff. I think that's what John Jones is going to be a good example of. He's doing a lot of powerlifting right now. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to get tight. He's going to be slow. I was like, no, he's not. No, he's not, man. <laughs> he's going uh, to be even more dangerous than before, man. You yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> he was already throwing people around. Yeah, he was already throwing people around like it was nothing. Now he's he's probably going to pick up somebody like Daniel Cormier now and actually like bench press him a few times and slam him on the mat <laughs> like the WWE. <laughs> well, look, it's like this. They're saying this powerlifting is going to ruin his his performance. Oh, really? As opposed to the cocaine he was doing beforehand <laughs> and you know, partying with hookers and all the substance abuse. Like, oh, he was able to get away doing all that stuff, but no, now that he's powerlifting, it's going to ruin it. <laughs> uh, it's, that, that's that level of misconception and those kinds of things that surround training that I was kind of talking about earlier as well, yeah. you know, like you know, just like people thinking that goals are attained so fast and people thinking that different kinds of lifts are bad for you, like deadlifts are yeah. bad for your back. Well, no, that's not the case. And, and powerlifting is going to hinder an athlete's performance more so than it's going to help it of course it's not you know like imagine you got a guy like usain bolt and you get him strong enough to be able to lift 500 pounds off the ground who knows what he can lift right now but yeah. i'm saying like just having those kinds of stores of explosiveness in his body yeah how yeah. fast would a 958 world record really be 930 890 right. <laughs> who knows <laughs> you know so I, I just uh, I, I don't like hearing about those kinds of uh, misconceptions when people say that you know uh, oh you're gonna you're gonna get hurt or you're gonna get uh, too big or you're gonna get too slow or it's gonna <laughs> slow you down it's gonna affect your performance well or, or, okay, or it's like, people that keep jumping from one system to another so in other words they're powerlifting and then they they see an article about you know body motion exercise or body or body movement ex, uh, specialists right right where it's all about someone like uh, ito portal or yep. a move, mm-hmm. there's a couple other there's there's so many of these different guys out there and i'm not saying anything bad about that stuff i think a lot of that stuff is cool too but what happens is someone's doing one thing and then they see that and they're like okay i'm going to quit everything i'm doing now because yeah. it's not good for me right. i'm just going to do that it's like yeah. no why can't you infuse principles exactly. from that exactly. into what you're doing and get the best of everything Exactly. Oh, the, 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 what, I was having this exact discussion just like two days ago with somebody and I was talking about, you know, the, think about these coaches even. Their brand is, you know, the body weight specialist right, or exactly. their brand yeah. is being a, a glute specialist with regards <laughs> to how to train and whatever yeah. else, you know, and they still, what makes them so good is that they themselves will admit and recognize that this is not a be on it. It's a tool to their toolbox. It's something right, that right. they incorporate with other methods of training, you know, and that's what makes you more complete or whatnot. It's like, yeah, I used to do powerlifting, but now I only do gymnastics. And then a year later, oh, I used to do gymnastics, but now I only do the royal court, Hindu squats, Hindu push-ups, etc. Well, then the the problem is they see someone else. They'll see someone like, okay, Conor McGregor. Oh, man, he did move that. That's what I'm going to start doing now. Like, okay, but... Was what you were doing now was where were you at that point with what you were currently doing before you changed to something else? Was that were you making goals? Well, yeah. So why are you changing? 
Well, because it worked for him. Why? Are you trying to get the championship in the UFC <laughs> to take him on? Why are you changing? Who are you? <laughs> you know, I don't understand why you're doing this. You know, so it just becomes this thing where we start again living through all these other folks and not focusing on our own goals. We, you know, we want to be the next. Everybody kind of get, you buy into that. I want to be like Mike. I don't want to be like Mike. Okay. Because you don't know everything about Mike and how Mike right. got there. You know, Mike had a well, bad gambling habit. People, I don't want people that. People like novelty also, right? Yeah. So they're, they see something that's totally different from what they do, and they get all excited, like, "Oh, wow, that's cool!" I'm doing a 300 workout. Yeah. Back, <laughs> yeah. What also goes back to what I always say about mm-hmm. spirituality, right? Like, yeah. people want to believe that someone else out there has all the answers that they don't have. <laughs> right. And the reality is, is that we're all pretty much clueless with a lot of these larger <laughs> questions in life. Man. We, we're just guessing, right? So, but people, but people don't take any comfort in that. So they want to believe, oh, you know, this guy spent eight months in the woods. He must have some answers. Let me go talk to him, and I'm just going to follow what he says to do. But, you know, going back to what you said, Lee, about like deadlift is bad for your back. It's like, yeah, it is the way a lot of people do it. You know? <laughs> done properly, you really shouldn't feel it in your back that much. You know, when I do a really heavy deadlift, my, my legs are, are tired. Yeah. You know, my back right. obviously comes into play, but it's, it's, a, it's a relationship between the legs and back working together when done properly. Right. Any in, any exercise is injurious. You know, we're taking right. a bunch of weight and we're trying to move it around. And if we do that with poor form or we do that not the right way, that's yeah, going to exactly. keep us safe. Right. Then we're going to get injured wherever we're wherever we're training. Yeah, you can uh, get injured so. at one thirty five if you lift it incorrectly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes people get injured with their with their ramp up weights, yeah, or their warm up weights. The warm up, yeah. Seriously, right? They're just <laughs> going through it lackadaisical <laughs> fashion, not paying attention. Yep. It's, it's it's rare that you get injured with the heavier weights because you're more focused there you realize what you have to do exactly yeah <laughs> so what are you what are you working on for this year what, what about let's talk about maybe your business goals or professional sure. goals um you know what i was able to finish off uh, 2015 once again on a on a kind of a new breakthrough in terms of uh, i got to the opportunity to go and speak to a college and speak to their entire uh, third year semester, third semester of fitness and health promotion program as an industry expert and give, you know, just some, some in the trenches experience, some from the trenches experience, uh, and impart, impart some knowledge to them. And, uh, on top of that, you know, just give some real world application to the things that they were learning in, in the school. Right. And, uh, that was a pretty cool breakthrough for me. There's, you know, just shy of 200 people there. I'd say around like one, 160 or 170 there. That's and, great. uh, it was, it was a big group and it was a, it was definitely a good experience for me. And, you know, being able to slowly but surely transition into having that as a running part of my business would be great. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't expect everything to happen all at once. I don't want everything to happen all at once, but I definitely want a few more opportunities as time goes on to do more speaking, which yeah. is the the one area that I've sort of deliberately stayed away from for the first nine years of my work. So uh, that's definitely one. And, um, you know, just... I like the fact with the writing stuff as well, what I do, um, I like the fact that I am a guy who has a mainstream reach as well, right? Because there's a lot of really, really smart strength coaches out there. And they, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this, but they tend to uh, cater towards more scientific research-based journals. Right. And, right. You know, just the, the study-based kind of guides and whatnot and the really, yeah. really sophisticated websites that a lot of the general public won't ever really end up reading or, or right. that most of the general public won't end up really getting their hands on. And so uh, the fact that I have this uh, these platforms available to me to uh, to spread the knowledge in that way, you know, it can do its own little part, I guess, in 
changing the opinions of what the information that's contained in those mainstream magazines and mainstream publications what that opinion is you know oh so much fluffy info so much bad advice oh who is this guy what kind of info is that that sort of stuff right you know that those 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 uh, sayings will always go on unless there's more people who know a thing or two who have the right information to spread unless there's more people contributing like that you know mm-hmm. so um you know i just want to keep on getting into more even if it's more lifestyle based publications and bigger right. larger platforms like that you know the like the places like Esquire, for example, like I like being able to be featured in those kind of places. No, that's great. Hey, Smart. Yeah, it, like it's, it's, rather, it's rather an than be uncharted a, land. Yeah, yeah, rather than be a strength coach who's writing for a magazine where it's all fitness people, and there isn't anything wrong yeah. with that either. I've done that. You're doing that. I always said that if you could get a column on how to stay in shape advice for busy executives in Forbes yeah. in Forbes magazine, right? Exactly. <laughs> you would have an incredible reach with a great demographic and also exactly. you would be you would be the only expert on that topic in the magazine exactly so right now it's like okay this is the fitness guy for me as opposed to the, tw- the 20 fitness and, <laughs> yeah the yeah. 20 fitness advisors for you know men's health magazine right there you're like, you're just one of many so but right. if, you, if you write great content you're always going to rise to the top yeah so i never i never worry about competition <laughs> right you know if you, you write a great article on muscle and fitness guess what people are going to remember it right sure that's just the way it is. So you write information that makes sense to people. Like my big focus when I was writing a lot was focusing on emphasizing compound exercises, right? It was always look, focus on compound moves, forget about the isolation work, just focus on these motions and all that. And I really became synonymous with that advice and it really helped a lot of people. It stuck out because no one else was writing stuff like that. Everything right. else was fairly generic for that time. So I think but this is what I was doing, so it was genuine. And I think whatever you're really interested in is what you should be writing about because it's going to come across that way. Very yeah. true. Um, it's like you and Sincere actually both said this uh, earlier in this this show is that, you know, just about the quality and how much it's important to just make sure that the, the quality of what you're talking about or the quality of what you're training, sorry, of what you're training like is best for you and for it to support your goals and whatnot. So translating that over to the writing side, you know, making sure that a lawyer client that I used to have said this one thing, and it always stuck with me. It's about six years back now. He said, whatever you write, just pretend that what you're writing, even if it's the smallest little piece ever, is going front page on the daily newspaper. So <laughs> make sure yeah. that like you have that quality that if 10 million people were about to see this first shot, that you won't embarrass yourself or you won't say anything that you don't believe in or whatnot. So, yeah. you know, just yeah. keeping that little premise there. And that's what I've been always trying to apply. And I believe that, you know, it doesn't matter what the publication is. If the information, the content is good, then it'll be remembered and you'll be you'll be recognized for that. Right. Yeah, it's like it's like a great song, right? If it's a great song, it's going to get out there. Someone's right. going to hear it. They're going to tell people about it. You know, radio stations going to pick it up. So I mean, if you can't stop a great song from getting out there, right? It's, right. It's just going to permeate society. No matter how much you hate it, right? It's still there. And guess what? You're singing it as much as you you find yourself. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago on the show. It's like you find yourself sitting in the car, and all of a sudden you're like, "Hello, wait a minute. Why am I singing Adele? I don't like this damn song." I'm, I'm, I'm driving. I'm driving down the street. Exactly. Asking yourself, like, why do I know the words that their entire catalog? Like, I don't. <laughs> Lee, uh, Lee, what is, what is your business model? Do you do seminars? Or are you mainly doing private sessions? Do you have your own facility? Uh, so I work uh, in downtown Toronto. I just uh, I have 
space I rent space out of a facility right now. That's okay. all uh, that's all I do. So I just work with the one on ones. I kind of stay away from group training just because it kind of clashes with my overall philosophy of how, how to work with people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I stick with the one on one stuff. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. Though that Forbes clientele kind of base that you were talking about in terms yeah. of the readership, mm-hmm. that would be the exact uh, example of what my clientele are. So forty plus. There are more of the white collar executives, a lot of kind of people who they need to lose weight or they need to get in shape rather than somebody who's 22 and who wants to get in better shape, you know? So they, they need a little bit more of the training side of the corrective stuff and whatever. And, uh, it's more of a health concern for them at the point in time in their lives that they are. And they're under a lot of stress and whatnot. So those are the kind of people I deal with. And, um, yeah, I usually work in the mornings, uh, five, six days a week and my afternoons and evenings are free to write. And so that's where I work on my deadlines. Yeah. Do you find that people come to you with very specific goals, or is that something you have to help them with? Kind of have to help them with that, yeah. but um, I mean, it's not like there's so much deviation in terms of what the goals generally are. Yeah, right. When you're 45 and you you've got 25 pounds of body fat to drop <laughs> or whatnot, you know, and you're tight as a board, like you're you're gonna yeah. get the same kind of things. You know, right, you know, right. I want to get back to where I was 15 years ago. You know, I've been gaining weight. My doctor said that I should start lowering my cholesterol and blah 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 blah. And so mm-hmm. you know, it's it's more or less a similar protocol in some way, shape, or form for most of the people that I come across. You know, and that's generalizing, of course. Like I got a few athletes and whatnot who come in, young guys who want to get big. The places that I write for, like T Nation and Bodybuilding.com, when I get clients off of those kinds of uh, that kind of traction, right. then mm-hmm. it's a totally different protocol, a different uh, different uh, ball game that I play with them. Yeah, I always find it funny when someone has goals. And then they convince them. They, then, they, then they convince you why they're not going to achieve them right after they say it. It's like, yeah, you know, I need to lose forty pounds, but you know, it's not going to happen because I like to eat pizza, and watch TV. <laughs> I was like, that's great, man. You know, you're saving us both some time. <laughs> I know I need to do it, it's but. Not happen. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think. I think people have to be really honest with themselves about their goals, right? Are these things you actually want to achieve or is someone telling you you should do this? Maybe your wife is nagging you or your friends (laughs) are saying, hey, you need to do this. But is it something you actually care about? Like going back to what we're saying about those kids, those trophy kids, do they actually want to do these things? Because if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. You know, the funny part about all of that is, is that the usual hot button trigger point for a lot of these guys Mm -hmm. from when, let's say, if a doctor recommends that they start working out and they're their mind isn't there. They don't want to do that or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, the funny thing is that they'll say something like, this is what always gets them. You know, you're 49 years old. Do you still want to be CEO when you're 55 years old? They Mm -hmm. make it about, they bring it right back to their work, which is their primary focus in their life right Right, until this point. They bring it right back to their work. You know, you're CEO or you're president right now. Do you still want to be president or do you want to be dead? Or something like that. (laughs) And, and hey, they're like, oh, oh, looks like I got to do this. Let's go. Call up Lee Boys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah fear of death right that's yeah. a good motivator <laughs> that's it it usually works every time it's pretty it's a pretty successful technique <laughs> but, I, but i think one thing i wanted to emphasize for people listening today is i, I really wanted to get the three of us to talk about our, our goals in a precise manner because that's the way you have to program your mind for success you need to have a target like every time i go into a workout i know where i'm trying to go so then i break hmm. it down to what am i trying to achieve at that workout What am I trying to achieve this week, the next couple weeks, the next month? Because you're not going to go from where you are to where you want to be 
in just a couple of weeks. So you need to have a target of what am I trying to do each week, each month to get to where I'm going. Mistake, mistake I see a lot of people make is they they waste time in the new year. So January, February, March, they slack, and then they try to make up for lost time. But if you do the reverse, if you kill it for the first three months, you have so much momentum going into the rest of the year that even if you hit some walls here and there, because of the momentum you built, you're going to be fine. You're going to blast through those. It kind of reminds me of this meme that I saw, especially over the holidays. Like So many people worry about what they eat between Christmas and New Year's, that they need to focus more on what they've been eating from New Year's to Christmas, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and think about it that way. And I think the, the main thing that what the three of us are trying to drive home right now, because this is the first show of the year. One thing that we have not said, what we've been talking about here is our goals for 2016. Not once have we talked about what's our New Year's resolution, because the right, resolution right. already has that. It has that connotation like, okay, this is going to last probably for about mm, a couple of weeks. You know, it has such a short shelf life when you say resolution. When you say goals and everything we've said so far, you know, by the end of the year, you know, I would hope to hit this number. Not saying like, oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. It's like, but we're going to take our time. And that's what we're shooting for. So it may go into 2017. So, hey, guess what? Just We just got another sequel to that. It's not a resolution, and that's the thing about it. That's the thing why resolutions suck, because they have this definitive endpoint. Some, in fact, they have a definitive endpoint that it doesn't even have an endpoint, because it's just it's not very specific. It just sounds like, yeah, I want to get this by then. Okay, how? <laughs> how? There's that. There's the main question right there. How? Well, I don't know. I want to lose five pounds. I want to lose twenty pounds by next week. Okay, so are you gonna chop off a leg between now and next week? I mean, well, it's just arbitrary numbers they're throwing out there. Yeah, that number, man. It's not a number that is really that important. Like, why twenty pounds? Why not fifteen or twenty? No, man, there are magic numbers 16. for every gender, Mike. What are you talking about? Guys want to lose twenty pounds. Women want to get back to one twenty. It is something about this, this. What is that magic number to women? Like, I just want to get down to one hundred twenty pounds. Okay, when was the last time you were 120 pounds? I was eight. She's she's six <laughs> <You're>, foot one. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> girl, do you, your female weighs 120 pounds. What are you talking about, girl? <laughs> oh man. No, but the thing about New Year's resolution, what it really means is stuff that I think I should be doing, but that I don't want to do. Which is why you don't end up finishing any of that stuff. Exactly. Or I, people are going to have this conversation. I want to make sure that I'm able to participate in this conversation because everyone's doing it. I don't want to just be standing there looking at them while they're saying, well, here's my resolution. And you just look like, hey, Mike, what about you? <laughs> hey, man, same old, same old. <laughs> but, I, but I do think what this is what I want people to do, though. Light up our Facebook and Twitter feeds with yep. what your goals are. Put it Ooh. down there. Hold yourself accountable to it because at go. the end of the year, I want to see how many people actually made any strive, made any forward progress to any of these things. Whether they exactly. hit it or not, is that secondary? The, the, right. the, did you actually make progress towards it? You know, like if my goal is six plates and I and I miss it by ten pounds, is that a failure? No. You know, I got a lot closer to it than I'm at right now. Right. If I wanted to press 288s 15 times and I only hit 13, you know, I'm not going to cry over that because it was getting to that goal, like you said, sincere. Now you push it into 2017, get it that time. So anyway, it's just it's all about programming yourself for success. You have to have clearly defined goals, whether it's a business goal, whether it's a training goal. You just have to. Your, your mind has to know why you're waking up and what you're trying to do that day. Right. Well, cool, man, Lee. It's been great having you on the show. Where can people find out more about all the great work you're putting out there? Uh, well, you know what? On my Facebook, if you just add Lee Boyce to Facebook, then you'll have uh, 
instant feed to all of the stuff because I always post every article and every print magazine I'm in for the given issues and whatnot. So uh, search for Lee Boyce on Facebook, and uh, my Twitter is Coach Lee Boyce. So I also post post all my stuff there. And um, lastly, my website, as you mentioned at the beginning, LeeBoyceTraining.com. So expect a huge redesign for that website coming in the next uh, short while. Um, and it's going to look pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I've seen the pro the prototypes for it. It's going to look Great, pretty man. damn good. Well, you're doing the smart thing, right? You, your first website, for, the first goal is to have a website. It doesn't have to be the best thing in the world. And then you improve it over time. Yeah. Like my, my website's been revamped probably 10 times since I started in 2002. And I started wow. off with just one page. It was just it was just something to guide people towards. It was barely anything on there. And then all yeah. of a sudden, I had so much information, it just built out from there. So that's the other thing I think people should take heed of as well is that it's okay to start small. Mm. The key is to actually start. And then just build, exactly. grow from there. And in that, is that I'd like to add on to that as well is that people, when they start small, what there are a lot of guys who will, they they won't stick with what they know, and they'll they won't stay in their lane, right? Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's the that's the one thing that I definitely like to to leave here by emphasizing is to stay in your lane. I've even made the mistake of going outside of my realm of scope of, of knowledge or whatnot before when I was a little bit younger, and it's not yeah. a good look. It doesn't ever add credibility to you. You know, if you're a bodybuilding specialist and that's what you do, then you don't necessarily have to talk about, you know, the, the best ways for strength training or activating your fast. Like, that's not your thing. Talk right. about bodybuilding and stick with that until you build more knowledge about the other subjects. Right, exactly. You know? And, uh, you know, staying in your lane, starting small, you're still going to get a nice niche following of people who respect you and you they give you credibility and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's going to be... Nice and sincere. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I did that with kettlebell training, right? I started off as a kettlebell training specialist, and then I graduated into talking about hormone optimization, and then that led to designing supplements. But it wasn't all at the same time, right? right. I didn't come out of the gate as a kettlebell expert. I'm like, okay, guys, now I'm going to talk about hormones since since mm-hmm. I've been doing this kettlebell thing for two months, <laughs> and then talk about hormones. Yeah. I go, well, you know, I've been in the business for six months now. It's time to make some supplements. <laughs> yeah. And I think all three of us can agree of how many examples of what you just said there are out there you know it's talking about like i made a blog article like maybe two years back talking about people who they'll they'll be like 24 and they talk about their 15 years of experience in the yeah, fitness right. world it's like what hold on so playing peewee hockey that counts. <laughs> well i started working out when i was 11 just <laughs> hey man pop warren i'm a football expert i can design plays and everything man come on <laughs> they talk about their training experience and they include training themselves when they were only training themselves you know well i started working out when i was 18 so that's yeah, when i started what is that that gets me so upset i'm a self-made man what are you talking about yeah you, you can. You know, it's, it's okay to be honest with where you're at. You yeah. know, just accept where you're at. When I first started teaching workshops, you know, I had three or four people. I wasn't expecting 40 people, like which, right. which happened years later. That was okay with me. It wasn't demoralizing. I was like, hey, I'm glad anyone's here. Frankly, I just started <laughs> right. doing this, you know. <laughs> and I'm not ready for that kind of turnout anyway. So it's better yeah. for me to have three or four people really hone my craft before it gets to that point. That's the other thing is impatience. Is that take your time with becoming successful. Yes. I remember when people, when I first got in the game, people would say, look, you know, don't really expect too many people to take you seriously until you've been doing this for at least 10 years because so many people come and go. Now, right. once, you, once you've done it for 10 years, you're legit. Before that, it's, we may not, you may not even be here next month. It's like a lot True. of bands, right? Like a new band comes out, first record's great, and then they never make a second. 
Oh, and then 20 right. years later, they do a reunion. <laughs> <laughs> or they put, or they put out a greatest hits album. Like you only have one album. How do you have a greatest hits album? <laughs> How's that possible? <laughs> the lost tapes. Yeah, I'm like, know. no, it never left your mom's bedroom, man. What are you talking about? The lost tapes. Come on. <laughs> in in fitness, though, you know, the overnight celebrity syndrome is what oh. I call it. You know, it's like all of a sudden you've purchased a following of 50 60 thousand people or whatever or you have a blog that you're just throwing in the faces as many people as you can without people actually looking for you and finding your content you know and it's uh, it's not a sustainable way to go about business in my opinion and all the people that i look up to myself in the industry i know that they didn't go about their thing doing that and i knew them i learned about them as 10 15 20 year veterans of the industry already as it is yeah. so they put in their time in the trenches doing what they do put your head down and grind and that's the way that you're going to really get a sustainable following and respect in the industry which is one of the primary things that i'm after anyway yeah a lot of the people i look up to louis simmons charles poliquin mark Philippi, these are all people that have been honing their craft for a long time yeah those are the kind of people i looked at like okay i want to look at modeling their success when i got in in terms of how they position themselves how they yeah. operate so yeah there's there's a lot to be said about that people that just kind of have that fly-by-night mentality those are people that just come and go quickly because they're just trying to make money they're like okay i fell into this fitness thing this looks like a, a good way to make some bucks and then <laughs> they run out of things to say <laughs> right and then that's when they just start trying to talk about anything <laughs> to say relevance and then that doesn't work because people sit right through it you know, and out come the products after that as well. Oh, you yeah. Know? So yeah. I was oh, launching yeah. an ebook, and then six weeks later, I got another one. Then, yeah, another one. Blah, blah. <laughs> I'm oh, a best selling ebook e author. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you can need, you need a new ebook every other month. is like an artist putting out a new record every other month. Yeah. It's like when did, that's also becoming greedy. That's also being greedy, right? You put out an ebook and it sells well, and then the sales starts slowing. It's like, okay, let me put out another one. To my, you know, yeah, new, a new chapter. You know, add a new chapter. Now I've got my ebook of the month club. <laughs> you have to be honest when you don't have anything more to say on the topic, too. Like, after I did my last kettlebell video, I was like, you know what? I don't really have anything more to say on this topic. Right. So my choices are I can keep regurgitating this because this is my following. And just keep throwing something out there, or I can take a higher road and say, let me move into another area that I find interesting and talk about that now. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people that just have, especially follow along workouts, because that's easy to just keep pumping out new ones. But how is the new one that much different than the last one? And, <laughs> and is and is this even something you do yourself? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that's yeah. huge yeah there you know, it is being yeah. a disciple of your own craft is a, that's one of the most important things and when i was doing that uh, that talk at the at the university at the college there i asked the one question as well i was like you know how many people are very interested in becoming actual like strength coaches personal trainers whatnot when you graduate from the school yeah. you know let's say about 75 percent of them put up their hand and then i was like okay so of you guys who got your hand up how many of you actually train <laughs> surprisingly oh. not everyone had their hand up yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it was yeah. like 60 percent of them so yeah. i'm sort of just like guys come on come on like well lee come on man why do i why do i have to train when everything's in this this textbook right here like <laughs> i just need to study protocols lee come on yeah, it's, it's hard, this hardcore band stick to your guns they have this song it starts with you and that's, 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 like, you want to make any major changes in this world it starts with you right yeah otherwise we don't take it seriously i mean imagine mm -hmm. someone coming to you giving you nutrition advice even if it's good if you look at them and you realize man. you're not following them <laughs> like, uh, how, and, it's, and it's very apparent right. that they're not 
Yeah. How right. seriously are you going to take this? Uh, that, that's always something that boggles the mind. Someone that wants to be a fitness expert who doesn't work out. Forget about doesn't work out, doesn't love working out. And there it is. Uh, it's it's yeah, a chore. Not, it's something they have to do because they're fitness ex- you know, I, a fitness professional. I got professional. into this because I love working out, and I saw the transformative effect right. it had on not just my physique but <laughs> other aspects of my life. And I was sure. like, man, this has mm-hmm. the power to really overhaul people's lives for the better. Let's get this out there. You know, it was that kind of mentality. As I found that I found that most people who don't agree with what we're saying right now are usually not in the greatest shape as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just that's how it goes. You know, right. people are like, oh no, it's all about what you know. It's not about what you look like. Blah blah. It's like, well, well, you know, I got another one for that one. It's not about what you know. It's what you can prove. So honestly, right now, I'm not believing what you're showing me, bro. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> imagine a financial expert who's broke trying to tell you how to make money. Exactly. It's kind of like I'm the best hairdressers have the worst haircuts. I'm like, come on, man. You're not you're not someone putting who, those someone things. Someone who someone who makes eight bucks an hour is going to write a book on how to build a six figure income. <laughs> yeah. Well, they well. You know what, Mike? They are very experienced at being broke, so they could probably share their experience. And here's what not to do. Well, they made made six figures over the course of ten years. (laughs) I used the dentist analogy with them. I said, you know, what about having a dentist who's got like bad breath, gingivitis? Are you going to trust him with your teeth? No, that's just ridiculous. And sometimes we have people who started off legit, and then they made so much money doing fairly illegitimate stuff that they. They stop training because they get lazy. And well, you yeah, don't the, see pictures. <laughs> all the pictures on their website are from 10 years ago. Exactly. It's, it's, that, it's that same professional headshot from yeah. 1998. You finally see this individual in person somewhere at a conference. You're like, whoa. whoa. You? I didn't recognize him. pounds of fat. So my, my pockets got fat and I joined him. You know, that's what happened. <laughs> see, that, that I never, that to me tells me that mm-hmm. even if they were in shape at one time, it wasn't for the right intentions. Right. The fact that they tolerated letting themselves go, like even if I got out of the fitness industry, right, and I did something completely different, I'm still working out. Sure. I'm still yeah. putting in my training because I like it. So I, I did it before I got in the industry. I'll do it if and when I get out after it. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's someone who has who is genuinely into it rather than someone who gets into it. They make a bunch of money. Now they're a marketing expert. So they're going, oh, I don't have to work out anymore because I'm doing marketing stuff. It's like, it's well, ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's like, well, then you weren't your heart wasn't really in it in the first place. It just gives the industry a bad name, and I'm starting to realize that this is something that is fairly consistent across most industries, from what yeah. I've yeah, yeah. seen. But that's true. You know, it, it definitely does hit me in a soft spot when I when I do see it so re- like so rampant in this industry. I, I don't know what to do about it. You know. Well, the thing about this one, just even from the other industries that I worked in, yes, like I've said many times on the show, same same crap, different toilet. But the thing is, when it's in the fitness industry, it's like now you're playing with people's lives, man. Right. You, you, right. You're, now you're playing. Can you imagine just some doctor just got in like, I'm just here to make, you know, seven figures this year. I don't give a damn about these people. You know, do you know how dangerous a remark like that is? And you know what? So if you're a fitness professional and you're in it for the money and you're just going to do it for a little while and then get out. Dude, you're playing a dangerous game with people's lives because there are people whose families are depending on you to help their family member get healthy and and hopefully have some more years on their life to be able to enjoy those those years with them. So you need to really put that in perspective. Yeah, it's morbid, but damn it, it's the truth. You know, you're playing with their lives. Like some that's somebody's parent that you're messing with right there. You know, it's kind of you're no different than the guy that sits there and weighs a gun in front of them and like, hey, I'm gonna shoot you. 
you know, while the kid's sitting right there. And you, you, you may not pull the trigger, but damn it, for that moment right there, you have their lives in your hands. And you could possibly take it, you know, so you need to really think about things like that. So man. it's always important to do what's in the best interest of the person in front of you, right? So I've right. had people come to me and go, hey, I want to try your supplement, and you know, here's my situation. And I go, look, man, it's not a good fit for you. Yeah. Given what you just told me, I, I wouldn't waste your money. It may even be counterproductive for you. So I recommend you go do this. And a lot of times people are, are, are really surprised by it. They're like, man, you know, that's, that's, that's shocking. That's refreshing. You know, I've never had someone who runs a supplement company tell me this. They're always trying to get me to buy stuff. I'm like, yeah, well, those are people don't give a fuck about you. I'm right. concerned about you doing what's best for you, which ultimately is going to be what's best for me too because me screwing over people is not good for me. <laughs> right. Whether you have integrity or not. So rather than saying, oh, yeah, yeah, just buy it, man. And then you know in the back of your head, that's not a good fit for this person. Right. That's not how you build a, a reputation of integrity in, in a long-term business. Yeah. Right. It's I like, agree. Like, good luck with you that. Know, I, I, I don't even care about – you know what? Personally, I don't even care about doing huge numbers or huge volume or whatnot. Like I don't, I don't necessarily need my business personally to get into this enterprise level <laughs> where it's some – 10 million people working under me and 10 million people working <laughs> under them and whatnot. Like, I yeah, don't yeah, yeah. care about that. So I just want the integrity of the craft to be on point, you know, the respect to be where it should be, et cetera, et cetera. And that's it. You know, I can stop there. That's one of my other goals for this year is to really focus on gratitude, right? And it's yeah. something I try to do by supporting a lot of the nonprofits I'm into, but taking it to an even deeper level, just Having waking up each day and just starting off with gratitude as opposed to yep. waking up and saying, okay, here's what Start I need. Start over to get. Facebook. <laughs> why, why don't I have that problem? <laughs> you know, social media, I'm not one of those guys that lies in bed looking at my Twitter feed before I get out of bed. Thank God. But I usually get out of bed and I'm focused on what I'm trying to achieve, which is nothing wrong with that. But I think starting with, hey, man, be grateful for all these things first. Okay, yep. now go after what you want. Just kind of puts you back. It's hard for your day to suck when you start it off that way. It's just I, really absolutely. You know, I've yet to I've yet to start a day off like that and had a sucky day, dude. You know, because you're looking at everything totally different at that point. Even the most negative things, you're looking at them totally different. You know, you start seeing other things like, hey, man, you know, that could have been avoided. Well, look, dude, you actually start putting like you really start analyzing those things instead of just having a reaction to them. Like, you know, some dude's cutting you off. You, you know, if you start your day off like with gratitude, you really you're rarely going to get pissed off and be like, you know what? Somebody, you know what? You go right ahead. And nah, it's if, kind of if, fun if, to say, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> have you ever? Have you guys ever just looked at the facial expressions of people on the way to work during? Oh my god, that is hilarious. Well, first, first of all, I Washington, <laughs> when I lived in Washington D.C., I used to take the metro to work a lot of times. Oh yeah, that was really demoralizing. <laughs> you just looked at people. Like, so, and I'm like, you know what? I probably look like this too. What am I saying? Tomorrow, you know what you feel like? Tomorrow, you end up feeling like you're you're. Chris Evans on Snowpiercer, you know, when you're on a train like that, man. Like, yeah, people in Toronto, man, it's just like everybody's just going to work just pissed. You know, it's like, how, See, how are you be so mad? It's like 745. Like, how do you wake up, man? Up. <laughs> well, that, that's one of the things I'm really grateful for is that I get to wake up and do what I love on my terms. You know, so right. how can you be pissed off when you have that? You know, I, I work at home most days. I enjoy what I'm doing. So I, I, th I think that I, I realized when I was much younger that it's really important for me to do something that I'm really passionate about. Otherwise, right. I'm not going to be happy in life. I can't just be one of these guys who compartmentalizes life where I'll do some job I'm not passionate about and then live on the weekends. It's just not going to yeah. work for me. Yeah, man. Like, oh, to my, oh, no, to my to Friday just started. 
Try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and just say, you know, everybody just had a really bad dream. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody, somebody, we're all connected, right? So, you know, (laughs) maybe I'm the one that's unconscious. Maybe I missed a dream. (laughs) Maybe I should be pissed off too. (laughs) And they're trying to wake up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They still, they still think they're in it. Just gotta wake up. Just gotta wake up from this. (laughs) This is not Inception, man. Wake up. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, another thing I like to do is now. I, I think putting out praise. Genuine praise is a good idea too. Like, don't yeah. be conservative with that. What I mean is, like, when I got these pumpkin seeds, I mentioned, I'm like, mm-hmm. man, this is good. So I looked up the company on Twitter and told them that. Yeah. I got that coffee. I was like, this is great stuff. <laughs> got on Twitter, told that company that. You know, put that stuff out there. And I think yeah. a, lot of, yeah. a lot of times people are afraid to. It's almost like they want to keep it a secret. It's like I yeah, found man. something. Ha ha. Oh, I'm not going to tell anyone about this. <laughs> <Tomorrow>, yeah. <laughs> Just like the other day, same thing. I had, what are you, five years old? Exactly. Did it the other day with travel zoos. Like, I had a great experience with them, man, because, you know, it was a big mix-up or whatever. Like, honestly, Virgin Wines didn't hold up their end of the deal, and they were very rude about it. And, you know, and it really was not travel zoo's fault or whatever, but travel zoo took it upon themselves to actually make up for the refund that Virgin Wines should have given me. And so, you know, I could have gone out there and really blasted Virgin Wines on Twitter, but no, I gave praise to travel zoo. And even the, the lady that helped me, I made sure to specifically say her name. And especially once she told me that she was the only one by that name that worked there in that department, I definitely wanted to make sure people knew about her. You know, so even, you know, Travels even retweeted or whatever. But again, give props. Like, come on, man, she didn't have to be nice. She didn't have to sit there and offer to take, the, you know, do the refund. But you know what? Here's the thing. I appreciated that. And that was great customer service. And there's all of us who are entrepreneurs and all of us in business, you know, we, we need to see more examples of that instead of seeing angry bosses and all this other crap in reality shows and things like that, man. It's just well, like, you people, people won't hesitate to get on Yelp and go on to this tirade because <laughs> exactly. the tea was warm at the restaurant. <laughs> or, you know, the meal arrived five minutes later than it should have. Right. How many people go on there with just like this glowing praise about exactly. the customer service experience they have? So exactly. like, focus I have to, man. The, focus on the positive. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that. If you have a really negative experience, you shouldn't talk about it. You should because I want to know about it. So yeah. I avoid that place. <laughs> but have the same motivation to do it when it's a positive experience. Exactly. If you got a waitress that's like a superstar, man, please, you know, talk about her on Yelp. So people are like, hey, I, I, I want Jenny. I want her to be my waitress. I've read so many great reviews. You never know how that's going to end up changing her life. Well, you know, Joe Rogan <laughs> has something called like a money bomb, right? Like yeah. if someone is so good, like he'll help through, he'll put like a hundred bucks in there. And just oh yeah, dude, out. I have no shame in doing that. I, I, like, I don't like, care about it's, that it's 15, 20 percent. Like I'm like, nah, to my, you can't, I can't put a percentage on the great service you gave me because it's rare, you know, in so many areas now when it comes to the service industry, because so many people just like, it's a job to them now. They've kind of forgotten about service. You know, it's like, well, I got this waitressing job. Like, no, this is the service industry. But at the same time, you got customers that don't realize that as well. Like, dude, that's a hard freaking job to have to deal with so many personalities and different people throughout the day. And you people, constantly people have to have... People whipping out their tip calculator. <laughs> or people don't even whip out their tip calculator or anything. They just get up and don't leave a tip. So kind of kind of messes it up for the next person coming in. Okay? Well, that, that's only good if the service sucks. You know, I have no qualms about doing that. And it's, I've only had to do it two times in my life where it was so abysmally bad that I just said, you know what? I'm going to give you what you're worth. Zero point. No, I give you I give you notes. I give you hints. I write on the receipt how you could have been better. Like you're not getting a monetary tip because of this. And and it's funny because my wife, my wife looks, she goes, I can't believe you just did that. I said, yeah, 
I did that. They need to hear that because you know why? They probably treated someone else poorly, and that person just got up and they bitched about it all the way home in the car. So someone's spouse had to hear this guy bitch about how bad that waiter was. You know, so why don't we just nip this all in the bud and, you know, get it, get it off my chest, let him know what he could have done better, and hopefully he'll take the advice. If not, doesn't have to, it doesn't matter because we're not eating there anymore because I don't want to get any extra sauce in my food next time around. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, we won't hold you up all yeah. night man or all day rather yeah. so uh, great having you on man let's definitely get you back on De- definitely uh, i want to do what we said like last episode of this year but we'll get you on before that too this was great that would be great yeah no for sure i'm uh, looking forward to it this is a great great, great show awesome man. Lot, appreciate man. it keep up the great work and we'll talk to you soon for sure take care man take care later all right, that's our friend Lee Boyce, and check out LeeBoyceTraining.com. He has a lot of great content on there, and he also has a mm-hmm. lot of good video clips of him doing various exercises and great technique. I didn't realize he was 6'4". You know, I didn't long either. Long now, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's an ex-athlete, man. I was like, okay, now I see why. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I would be even more impressed because yeah. I was looking at those numbers. I'm like, yeah, he and I are about the same strength, but when you add that extra four inches, yeah. you have to carry that weight. You know, you exactly. stronger, man, because that's no joke. Yeah. So anyway, check out his stuff, and then make sure to check us out go to mikemahler.com use that coupon code lla get 10 percent off the best nutrition supplements around start your year off right load up on some great products and take charge of those fitness goals and how about you man hey man same thing newwarriortraining.com use that same coupon code lla 10 percent off everything over there now earlier mike mentioned kimura coffee man that you know jake's jake shields is part of that so here's the thing man if, I mean, Mike sent me the link. I'm going to check him out as well. Coffee's that good. The best way to drink it, man, is through a Cheria door. And, you know, get that pour-over device from my website. And, you know, and go ahead and support Kimura Coffee. Get a Cheria door from me. Use that coupon code. Get 10% off of that. And then start off your year by drinking some excellent coffee and also helping your brain be a little sharper by the nootropics that they have infused with that as well. So, yeah, man. And here's the thing, folks. I didn't get one dime for endorsing them right now. Right. You know, it's you're like this. Make any money endorsing the pumpkin seeds company? <laughs> no, it's like I'm not an affiliate for any of them. So, like, you know, and the thing is, you know, but the thing is, Mike's my friend, and I know he's not going to recommend something that's shitty. So if he says, "Hey, man," especially when it comes to coffee, because Mike knows how I am about coffee. So if Mike, if Mike's recommending coffee to me, he's thought about it. Like, yeah, I'm pretty well, sure he sees. If you like, if you like the Kimura coffee, then we know for sure. Really good stuff because you get it the second you open up that bag and take a whiff, we'll know for sure. Right. Like, and you know, I will come back and talk buddy. about it. No, can't get behind that. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, and then another way you can support us, folks, is head over to Patreon.com/slash LLA podcast and become a monthly supporter of the show, man. And that's what keeps the show going and growing. Hey, we're approaching three years coming up in like the beginning of May. You know, that three years went by quickly, man. But you know what? The reason why this past year we were still sticking to our guns, man, because we had our Patreon supporters backing us as long as uh, as well as our friends who have gone over and bought products from us using that coupon code. So these are the things that really keep us going because it shows us that you give a shit. It's like, you know, I like what you guys are doing. Let me show you how much I like it, you know, and also to the folks that are out there using social media and getting the word out there as well. All those things. We appreciate that, folks. And hey, looking forward to continuing this and keep building this in 2016. Lots of great stuff coming down the road, folks. So stay tuned. All right. Good one. Take care, everyone. Take care.